0: Hello, and welcome to the Good Lawyer Show with Matt and Brett, a podcast dedicated to law, business, and innovation. Today we have on the show Tim Wynn, CEO, and Tom Muir, CTO for Poeta Digital. Poeta Digital is a global product development agency that specializes in custom app development and partners with companies of all shapes and sizes to provide digital solutions that focus on beautiful user experience. The team at Poeta has been a huge help to Goodler, offering us advice and support on a wide range of issues, and we are very happy to have them on the show to share their considerable wisdom with all of you. Of course, if you are in the market for a new app, a website, or simply need help automating some of the processes within your organization, we highly recommend you check out Poeta at poetadigital.com. On a final note, before we jump into the conversation, If you or your business is facing any COVID-19 related issues, Good Lawyer is offering a free 15-minute legal advice session. Simply visit our website at goodlawyer.ca, click on our COVID-19 resource page, and book your free legal advice session with one of our fantastic lawyers by entering the promo code hashtag washyourhands. With that housekeeping out of the way, let's jump right into the show. So Tim, Tom, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Very good.
1: Fantastic.
0: It's kind of a it's, a, it's got a nice ring to it, the Tim and Tom. It, uh, <laughs> kind of like Brett and Matt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it flows together. It flows. So I, I guess the first thing I do have to ask, and it, it seems like the obligatory question, but how are both of you surviving through our uh, COVID
2: pandemic? I, I think there's a few things that would help you survive through this pandemic, especially when we're self-isolating, is uh, making sure that you know, you've got positive thoughts, you're you're keeping your health up you're doing runs or some physical activities and depending on the individual some people recharge from being introverted or extroverted so a uh, good thing that the laws or the uh, self-isolation practices have been relaxed because now we can actually meet with other people
0: yeah tom how about you how have you been uh, dealing through this whole thing
2: oh it's been good i've been
1: uh i've been doing the work hanging out of the basement Playing with the daughter, learning guitar, you know, doing a bunch of different things, right? So, you oh, know, nice. all sort of trying to keep things moving forward and keep it, keep it, uh, keep it all on the rails, you know. So okay. it's good to get out in the outside too. It's sunny and warm today, so getting out and actually getting a little bit of fresh air has been yes, fantastic.
3: Well, and uh, you mentioned you've been facilitating some pretty uh, high caliber teaching online teaching module. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been doing the the tech support for the teacher in the house here so you know, helping her transition uh, the whole learning teaching plan uh, into a digital remote space which has been interesting. So Well, that sounds we'll like a, a business
0: model in of itself there.
1: Yeah. And then how about the analog guitar there? Is
0: <laughs> How's that going?
1: Uh it's going great, you know. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm through I'm through level one on Fender and into halfway into level two. So, you know, have you have you taken lessons
0: up. before, or is this like well, brand
1: new? I've had I've had the guitar sitting in my basement for God knows how many years.
0: <laughs>
1: I go you know, grab you know, mine too. It's in the furnace room.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <It's exactly laughs> I didn't
0: even well. yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll sing that. everyone a tune at the end of the show here. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, no, that's great though. And, yeah. and if but this has been so a great amazing. opportunity, right? That's right. I was just going to say, if there is a silver lining to this whole COVID thing, is it is it has given people a, a little extra time uh, to potentially do some things that have been on the bucket list for a few years. So that, that's good to hear. You're taking full advantage. Absolutely. Um, so, Tim, uh, can you just for uh, for those who don't know, uh, can you just give us a quick overview of
2: you know what Poeta Digital is? Yeah, sure. So we're a global product development agency that specializes in creating custom software, mobile applications and web applications for our clients. Uh, so essentially we create apps that our clients build their businesses around. Um, so at the heart of it, uh, we're, bringing, we're, we're bringing a lot of ideas and concepts to life and we're involved in the early stages of ideation, uh, through design, build, deploy, and then support. Yeah. That, that sounds quite broad.
0: So you can really jump in at really any point then and, and help uh, companies and teams along with their projects, if I'm understanding correctly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. At any point. Hopefully it's not at the end, although we we have been involved in what we call white night projects before where things have gone uh, terribly wrong with a particular vendor or contractor. <laughs> And then uh, we come in and uh, we play a bit of clean <laughs> Well, as, as someone
0: who's going through something like that uh, in another field of mine, I, I, I definitely appreciate people like you being out there. Because, yeah, I think it, it can be extraordinarily stressful when, uh, especially when you dump a lot of time and effort into something and, it, ha- and it, it does not come out the way that you were hoping.
3: Before we jump there, though, could I just ask you a very simple question that uh, what makes Poeta special? You know, there's a lot of digital agencies out of there. What is unique and, uh, you know, why am I going to you guys as opposed to to someone else on the market?
2: Yeah, so so there's a number of different reasons. And for for service companies, it's usually around the people and Mm -hmm. how we're structured. So we've got great people. We have a distributed team that allows us to bring in talent from, you know, the various different walks of life and corners of, of the globe. Um, to string that together is no easy task. And so our value proposition is then creating velocity, our ability to scale with business. So if businesses are fortunate enough to get product market fit, we know that they are absolutely gonna go, uh, they're gonna boom, right? And so they need a partner that can keep up with that accelerated growth. And given the way we're structured, uh, in, in this distributed model, uh, we, can, we can develop almost 24 hours a day. We can scale because the human capital pool that we're dipping into is across geographies. And uh, plainly put, we've been around for 13 years and have completed over 300 successful projects. So we've got a vast amount of knowledge and experience to draw. I'm not yes. sure if
3: you, you touched on this already um, in your uh, description of, Poeta in the intro map, but where is the distributed network?
2: Yep, distributed networks, uh, obviously, one uh, here in Calgary, uh, Seattle, Washington, and Vietnam are the main ones. So,
0: so jumping on that then, uh, you know, obviously in the time of COVID, a lot of people are now having to deal with a distributed network for the first time. Uh, I guess your transition may have been a little bit easier just since it being the fact that you guys have been doing this for, for quite some time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So fortunately, uh, you know, working from home is is not a foreign concept to, to anybody in the tech sector, but you do have to have Good systems and processes, right? Like full stop. Like you've got to know how to communicate, uh, coordinate with each other, and have have absolute clarity on who's doing what and when. Right. So, how big is your team? Uh, we're we're around
0: hundred uh, full time hundred full-time. Okay. So how, how do you do that? Like what, has it just been a trial and error figuring out those processes that work or, and uh, Tom, maybe you can answer this one as well. Like how do you keep track of that many people, especially when they're not in the building, when you have to communicate with them across time zones, across uh, different countries, like how, how do you go about doing that in, in a way that actually makes sense?
1: Yeah, well, I think over time uh, the company has built up some really good internal processes for project management, right? Um, and s- systematize some of that work. Um, and so we often will sit down, we'll review best practices, we'll document those best practices, we talk about those best practices, we make sure that everybody on our team is regularly getting regular updates and refreshers around where things are at, how we're going to adjust or fine tune the process. Right. Um, but at the end, you know, at the end of the day, it's just very good, regular communication, right? And keeping your finger on the pulse with the various different stakeholders that are in the process. You know, you keep that flow of information moving so that you have those that ability to look at a project and really quickly and rapidly understand where you are at it, uh, in it, without having to sit in a room and talk, right? right. But then mm-hmm. knowing that you've got the tools to be able to sit in a room and talk, either virtually less or you know, otherwise, um, when you need it and know why that's appropriate and when that's appropriate. Right. Well, and I would
3: imagine, you know, with the distributed workforce, you likely have to provide, you know, people where, on your team, wherever they are, with a ton of autonomy to accomplish yeah. goals.
1: Absolutely mm-hmm. that. They have to they have to be able to work um, to their own pace uh, and they need to be able to be self-directed, but they also need to be able to uh, flow into the overall project goals and timelines, right? So being able to connect into where everybody else is um, and uh, ensure that you're, you're not just going off as a maverick in one direction when everybody else is pulling in a different direction mm-hmm. is really really you know essential as well. So we, we are very agile. We use an agile approach for a lot of our projects. We do daily stand-ups. Uh, even our project team here, our sales team, everybody in Calgary, we do a daily stand-up of 15, 20 minutes every mm-hmm. single day. And we talk through what are the projects, what are the blockers, where are we all at? Um, Tim has a process in place for us to do a weekly, you know, well, how are you feeling this week? You know, where's your stress levels? You know, mm-hmm. how's the home life? How's the the work life? You know, how's the health, right? And so we're constantly making sure as the team we're operating as a team, we know where everybody's at. And that we're regularly doing those check-ins so that we can if there is a problem, there's a bump, there's a roadmap, or somebody's falling behind that we can, you know, rally around and, and correct those issues and help. Right. But so I that's love a, that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I mean, fantastic. That's
0: so uh, Tim, do you want to maybe just expand on that? Like how did that come about where you wanted to obviously take the temperature of, of the mental health and the overall being of your, uh, of your team? How,
2: was that something that you read or is this something through experience? How do you develop that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm a part of this uh, executive committee called tech Canada and um who have, have turned into our clients <laughs> over o- over time as well we've developed the mobile app for them um but uh you know it's it's essentially a group of ceos that uh that get together on a regular basis um you know what's said in between those walls stay within those walls and it's it's full full open disclosure and so uh, you know, the life of, of, of managers and CEOs could often be uh, a very isolated one. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's quite important to be able to confide in others and express yourself. If you're feeling down, then you're feeling down. You know, probably you don't want to be telling everybody in your organization, you know, your, some of your personal problems and things like that. But within a uh, in a community. With, uh, you know, like minded individuals, it's, it's safe to do so. And then so they've instituted, um, actually, Todd Miller, the President and CEO of Tech Canada, I think this is from his playbook, that he's instituted a five point check in program, uh, just around that. So when we meet each other, everybody takes a pulse. And then You know, we will then set aside some time to process an issue if somebody is a little bit off on one of those metrics. So that's interesting
0: because, you know, I know so many companies that have these best intentions to do things like exactly what you described, but then, then you get busy. You know, so does it take, in your opinion, does it take a lot of organizational discipline to ensure that you are having those stand-up meetings, making sure that you're checking in with those people? Does this become second nature or, how, like, or is it something that you continually have to hold yourself accountable to?
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that uh, culture drives these practices. Uh, not policies or, you know, a stick or anything like that. In Poeta, we, we truly care for each other. Um, we'll go above and beyond, you know, we're brothers and sisters of each other. And so we genuinely want to know, like we all, like we look forward to it. I, I, I do anyways, <laughs> just, just keeping a pulse on everybody. Hey, how you doing? How can we help? you know, uh, and, and just make your life better, you know, right. uh, for everybody. So I think it, it comes uh, through a genuine kind of innate uh, uh, trait. Right. Yeah.
0: No, it's excellent. And Brett, I know you've uh, implemented a few of these with good lawyers as well. Trying, definitely <laughs> trying. How's you that know? going?
3: We're definitely way behind the eight ball as compared with, uh, with you guys, but we have implemented um, biweekly standups with, the whole team, which we just started implementing, uh, I'd say about a month ago. And those have been amazing. Uh, you know, getting 10, 12 people on those all chiming in with the different things that they're working on. It's sort of a, a twofer, I'd call it. It's kind of like leans towards what are you doing? You know, are there any blockers? Um, but it is a bit more extended and it we definitely tap in a little bit, at least I do in just like listening to people's tones and that kind of thing on the, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Uh, you know is everybody you know happy Um, but those have been great and you know as we continue to evolve I expect that we'll implement more processes uh, as we can handle them so you know this is my first rodeo building a startup Uh, have tons to learn but you know that's why I love connecting with guys like yourselves where uh, you know you have a lot of experience and insight that I hope I can you know learn learn a little bit through osmosis yeah exactly
0: Oh, and it's good to know that people who have done it and who have been around for 13 years still see value and things like that. So it's great to hear that for sure. Well, and actually, Matt, could we just segue
3: from there? And maybe this is exactly where you're going, but I didn't want to miss it. Um, Talking about, you know, 13 years ago and Poeta. That's
0: exactly where I was going. (laughs) So, and this is, this is a question for for both of you, but maybe Tim, just to start us off here, you know, you've had a very interesting career. You've worked on four continents, I believe. Uh, Mm. you've worked for some major global organizations. Uh, can you give us just the, the backstory of how Poeta digital came to be and what possessed you to to start this entrepreneurial journey?
2: Yeah. Um, it was it was through my travels through the continents, and I think I was actually in Australia at the time, or I definitely wasn't uh, in Australia. So I was working for a $19.5 billion corporation there uh, where I led digital transformation. And so one of our main objectives there were to streamline the operations through using Lean Six Sigma methodologies, uh, optimize processes, and then layer... Uh, software on top of that process to enable it. And so we went through the various different business units of this massive corporation and streamlined it. What was impeding us from realizing a lot of the benefits was we couldn't keep up with the velocity of the software development. Mm. And then so I started uh, outsourcing it locally. Which we couldn't scale, uh, and it's expensive. Then I outsourced it uh, to India, which came with its own challenges, <laughs> and, and I'm not sure I even saved any money doing that. Um, but uh, but but so, thus gave the uh, the inception of this distributed team model, where Poeta rose, where you actually try to take the best out of both worlds by creating an entity that is distributed. So you can have the local representation of, you know, the technical people, the leads, the business analysts, the program managers, um, maybe very light on the development locally, but have uh, a lot of the horsepower overseas where, you know, there is more people. So, you know, Vietnam was, was my obvious choice just because uh, I'm Vietnamese, I speak Vietnamese, understand the culture. Uh, there's a hundred million people in Vietnam, which is half the size of Alberta, by the way. And then there's about wow. 25 million people in Australia. So the, uh, the pickings were limited. Um, so that kind of just pushed me over uh, to, to, to basically launch that. Um, and then that got busy and I left the corp. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: uh, there's a hundred million people in Vietnam.
2: Yeah. Holy yeah. On yeah. officially on government census. I'm wow, sure okay. <laughs> so more. Yeah, exactly. Are wow, you guys based out of Ho Chi Minh? Yes. Yeah. That's where your headquarters are. Yeah. Well, there, yeah. We we're, we we're shifting the center of gravity over to, uh, over to Calgary here slowly, yeah. but surely. Uh, yeah. So when you
0: first decided to go it on your own, did you have to raise money or was, did you have backers immediately or how did that work for you?
2: We have uh, never taken investments. We've been self-funded. Uh, we, don't, uh, we don't have any loans, um, wow. which is good and bad. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> In what way is it bad? Um, because if you can grow a lot quicker, if you are financially backed, right. um, it gives you a little bit more opportunity to take risks and scale ahead mm-hmm. of the curve, right. um, but you can also find yourself in a lot of trouble that way as well. Interesting, yeah. interesting.
0: So, was it a pretty straight shot for your company too, or was there any pivots along?
3: Or did you
2: just start out with a <laughs> hundred?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Nailed it first try, easy. Yeah. yeah, no, there's there's been a ton of mistakes and. And I mean, I, I think at the beginning we were doing a certain segment of, of, of apps, and then we were only Microsoft stack. And then, you know, we, we realized that not everybody is on Microsoft stacks. And Tom can probably attest to this. But there seems to be a new technology like every day, right. and then, so we're we're trying to keep up on that. And uh, and and we do a lot now. So so I, I think. Where we need to revisit that because there's just as as the days go on, there's 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 a lot of things out there that we could do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have them. So
0: how do you coach companies that come to you with a problem? Right, they say, mm-hmm. "Hey, our our website or app or whatever isn't working. Yeah. We need a solution, but I don't know what that solution is." Like I, yeah. I'm sure that well, that
3: you t- can make it more tangible. Hey, guys. <laughs> We're building an online marketplace for affordable legal help. Can you help us out,
0: <laughs> if you would be so kind?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it, it, there's there's so many different entry points, right? Um, but it really comes down to what is what is the what is the thing that's blocking you right now? What is your goal, and and how do you how do you carve that down to the to the most pressing need next? Right? right. Um, there's lots of things like often we'll see, especially startups, they'll come up with an idea uh, and they'll say, here's the idea and you'll look at it and you go, that has 50,000 different features. Right. It's mm-hmm. like everything in the kitchen sink. And that's often one of the biggest problems that startups have is whittling it down to what is the most critical thing you need to do first. Mm-hmm. And being comfortably able to set aside or put aside the next thing uh, until you've got that first piece done, we all, you know, we'll talk about it as a minimum viable product, right? Um, but even before that, prototype, right? Very basic, simple, straightforward. What is the solution to the critical problem? And there's a lot of different techniques you use to try to get to that and whittle it down. Um, and it all depends on the client as to which techniques you want to want to use or approach. Right. I boil it.
3: I would boil it all back, you know, from my perspective to like, what is the problem that you're trying yep. to solve?
1: Absolutely. You know,
3: the, the solutions are infinite. There's a million ways to solve a problem, but what is the problem you're trying to solve and how can you do that
1: quickly? You're right. The problem. What is the problem? How do we tackle that problem? Who needs that problem solved? <laughs> right. Yeah. Do they have money to pay you for solving that problem? <laughs> Very important, right? Very Im- yeah.
0: <laughs> So so it sounds like you're a bit of a psychologist and a developer all at the same time.
1: <laughs> I've seen in the past, you know, somebody will come to us and say, you know, hey, we wanna let me think of it, TikTok. I wanna build TikTok right. for this vertical. And they're like, That should be pretty easy. I mean, TikTok looks pretty easy, right? <laughs> and you go, Well, yeah. Sure, it looks easy, right. but there's a lot of things to unpack here. So let's see what that actually is, right? right? And let's take a step back before we even do that and say, okay, well, let's consider what, like TikTok was built by a massive company with right. massive resources. Are you a massive company with massive resources? No? Okay, well, then what are you trying to solve here? And then how do you bring it down to its most basic? Because you can always build on, you can always add on, add on. And, you know, one thing that I think a lot of companies, a lot of startups there are often moments where you may think that a client wants X, but until right. you talk to your, your users, you yeah. don't know that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And you often come with five, ten different Xs, and you think the users all want all of those things, mm-hmm. but you haven't got enough of a product into place that you can actually start testing and talking to them so use, proving out the concept with users ahead of time and understanding what is valuable to them as well is so important right mm-hmm. before you get into building you well, can build. I... Never. you can build you could you could spend a lot of money building but if you start building too soon before you actually understand what and why and who you're going to waste money and that's one of our biggest things that you have to start whittling it down, right? Right.
3: Totally. And, you know, I think it's great to say, you know, talk to your users and, you know, we heard that feedback all the time when we when we started out and I obviously still hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. But that in and of itself is a question. It's like what does that mean, talk to users? Because oh. just asking your, you know, your brother or your friend or your teacher or whatever is not going to lead to truthful answers. Not because they're trying to deceive you maybe they're trying to not hurt your feelings but like um, I know there was a book that I had everyone on my team read called the mom test early days and you know it's a short book and just one of the many I'm sure out there walking you through how to try to actually solicit proper feedback and it's particularly useful at that really early stage because obviously you know once you start to grow you're able to start testing things and then you got a little data to prove you know assumptions but um, yeah, the mom test I've found really useful in terms of just how to how to ask the right questions to get the feedback you're looking totally. for.
0: So, so Tim, um, you guys just developed a new site. Um, and when you when I went to the site, uh, I think on the landing page there's a quote that states we're makers, innovators, and builders who believe in the triumph of beautiful user experiences. I believe that's the quote. So how do you uh, maintain that innovative culture? As I, I'm kind of landing on that word innovate there. How do you maintain that innovative culture within your own company? Like what what steps do you put in place?
2: Yeah, I think first and foremost. Um, we give our people the flexibility, the time and support to try new things uh, because you can't innovate if you're complacent and if you're afraid to test the boundaries. So we we constantly try new things. You know, we mess up probably more than half of it, <laughs> but, but you, 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 you have to try. Right. And right. And so everybody is constantly challenging how we're doing things, what tools are we using, can we improve both ourselves individually, our teams, our organizations, or even the products that we're actually delivering for people. And so a lot of times um, we'll get it right and it'll be awesome and then we'll adopt it and roll it into call it the mothership of systems and processes uh most of the time i would say probably doesn't work we can just try something and i'm like oh man tom that was a bad idea we, we did it there let's, let's not do, Come on, tom. Let's not do that,
3: <laughs> but but to your point tim you learned right like yeah, nothing's sure. wasted because you learned and now you know that that was a shitty idea so you won't yeah. do it again
2: yeah just for the record, most of the shitty ideas come from me. Tom
3: has a good idea. <laughs> oh, t- <laughs> Tim, I feel you there, man. I'm Mr. <laughs> ideas guy, and most of them get shut down. But I'm <laughs> relentless. I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so I, I mentioned it, uh, and and Tom, uh, or actually Tim, this might be. Uh, more directed at you, but you guys just launched or probably actually both of you, but you guys just launched a new site here. What are you guys hoping to get out of that? What, what, what was the old site like and what uh, what has
2: changed with this new one? So a lot of people, uh, you know, unfortunately don't know who Poeta Digital is. <laughs> we're, we're not quite the household name that uh, we strive to be and hopefully will become one day. And so... This new site really brings a lot more context to the services we offer, what we do, our track record of organizations, startups, uh, to Fortune 50 companies. Um, So giving a little bit more context into, I guess, what we do. Um, Secondly, uh, we have never been great at marketing. We've just done good work for clients that then refer us on to other clients. Um, And so the good part with that is uh, our, our close ratios are great. You know, Um, the bad part with that is it's really hard to scale when you're growing organically like that. And so this, this new site is, you know, it's got a bunch of technical things in the background, which Tom probably knows, uh you know, definitely <laughs> know a lot more than I do. But um but we're we're starting to get a little bit more scientific about how we actually approach our customers via you know inbound uh marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What about we, outbound? Yeah, you know, the guy that does the outbound isn't on this call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's just as important as well. But uh you know, the, the, the inbound has uh, greater conversion ratios. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
1: The, the old site was static. Um, so it was a flat static site of pages. Uh, we got very little data off of who might be coming to it. Um, we didn't really run marketing campaigns against it. Um, the new site is, uh, on, on a content management system. Um, we've implemented, you know, uh, we've implemented Google analytics tag manager, A couple of other tools some optimization tools Um, it's integrated with uh with a crm now Mm. so we've got our pipeline our latest deal flow actually integrated into our website these are all things we do for our clients
0: right
1: um but we've never done for ourselves (laughs) walk the walk right (laughs) right so yeah absolutely Mm. so that's part of the process was to start taking a lot of bunch of the pieces that we often integrate or do for and actually put them to work for ourselves and you know there are a couple of new things we haven't tried before that as you were talking about earlier how do you learn right, right. so now we've played around with a, piece, a couple of pieces there'll be a few more that will be coming in our in our iterative development of this right. um, that now we understand a little bit better on how those tools work and you know, we can start making better recommendations to our clients on those tools that they apply to what their project is. So, um, it's been a really good process that, as always is never where I want it to be, never will be. <laughs>
0: never, um, yeah. but
1: it's, it's a huge step forward for the, for us. And I think, uh, it, you know, it will pay off in the long run because it, you know, we'll, we'll do as well. well Tom,
3: as my favorite uh, artist, and I'm I'm not this old, but he's still my favorite. Billy Joel once said, "Only fools are satisfied."
0: There <laughs> you go. So, so it sounds, and just kind of the last major question here. Uh, it it sounds like you guys aren't finished. Then this new site is is looking like you guys are trying to take that step to that that next level. So where where is Poeta going?
2: Yeah, so obviously world domination, but <laughs> between now and then there's, uh, there's, there's certainly a number of uh, steps that we need to take. Um, mm. So I think if we can, A, uh, invest in our people, create more jobs for our local community, get a kick-ass team, you know, right people, the right seats, um, that's, that's, that's where we want to take it uh we want to be able to enable our our clients with the ability to digitize their workforce their organizations so that they're coming out of this call it a covid crisis um stronger leaner faster than they were pre-covid so we would love to enable that and help businesses get back uh, to a, a new operational model with, uh, with certainly different parameters that they have to operate within. Leaner um, and meaner. Leaner and meaner, absolutely. Now's uh, the time. <laughs> now's the time, yeah. Um, so I, I remain optimistic about uh, the timelines on that. I, I, I certainly think that organizations that are sitting on the, ti- on the sidelines now that are potentially in the fetal position are not going to fare very well at all. Organizations that are using this time to, um, you know, start thinking about at the very least best practices and how they can optimize are the ones that are going to come ahead. Organizations that have optimized pre-COVID are absolutely killing it. Like you look at, yeah. you know, you look at Zoom, you look at Microsoft, you look at Amazon, you look at all of these organizations that had uh, embarked and executed on digital transformation strategies already, um, well, they weren't imp- impacted that much, you know? Um, I've got guys in my CEO groups that, you know, had a line of business uh, on via e-commerce. You know, thank God, because, you know, that's that's keeping them uh, really, really uh, nice in a good revenue position at the moment. Uh, so there's, there's, there's a lot of that, and I, I would love to actually help, uh, you know, our ecosystem start embarking on some of those digital transformation initiatives.
0: Full plate then. Yeah. (laughs) So I do want to be respectful of your time here, but we do have a couple of uh, quick hitter questions before we leave. Uh, So, and these are directed at both of you. So whoever has the answer first can feel free to jump in. But uh, what role does luck play in building a successful company?
2: I mean, you need to be good, full stop. And depending on uh, the infancy or the maturity of that particular industry, if you're at the beginning, you don't need end. You need to be damn solid. Um, luck helps with accelerating the company and opening doors, but you still need to deliver. You still need to execute. Um, so you still need. To-
1: yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's hard work. It is really hard work. Startup is not an easy job. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's day in day out, eat, sleep, breathe what you're doing. You know, totally. Um, and if you're not doing that, then there's something then then you're, there's something wrong. And if you still succeed and you're not doing that, then then there's your luck, <laughs> right? There, there you go. go. Yeah. But there's... a lot of people who don't eat, sleep, and breathe it—that's where it falls apart.
0: No, for sure. Uh, so, second question we have here is, uh, what book or resource do you recommend the most for someone trying to start or build a company and why?
2: Maybe I was thinking like yeah. Lean, Lean Startup, Eric is, yeah. is a good one, I mean much of the same philosophies that we were just talking about throughout this, this call, but my personal favorite, and this may be a little bit more suited to already established organizations but it's it's always good to have in mind is uh, Traction by Gino Wickman. And so in there, it basically talks about, um, uh, you know, having dashboards, breaking out your business into six core pieces. Uh, What do you need to do? How do you actually govern the business and the processes? Uh, and, And how do you make sure that you're communicating with each other effectively? I think that's that's a really solid operational book.
0: Totally.
3: How do you get that flywheel spinning?
2: Yeah, yeah. The flywheel. That's another good one as well. Rockefeller Habits. uh, You know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You know, but like don't don't abandon all all the sales and marketing books either because. You know, they, it all starts with sales. <laughs> you can have the best
3: options <laughs> in the world. Oh man, I mean, the one that I'll still listen to, you know, every couple of years or whatever, it's the audio book, is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People.
2: Oh, okay. yeah, that's, uh, man, that book's like 100 years old. I right? know, yeah. I know. <laughs>
1: thinking, thinking about uh, the audio side, and if you follow Jason Calacanis um, and his, uh, pod, his startup podcast, um, you can start from, from the beginning of that and just listen, there are so many things you can learn from a startup perspective, technology side, mm. uh, that he covers in in that uh, podcast series. I'd recommend it for anybody who's doing a technology startup.
0: Well, like I said, I guys, this would be an hour so we're at that point. And fortunately, I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you very much for coming on. And uh, again, I know you guys are both busy launching that new site and everything, but that was uh, that was great. And we, we greatly appreciate we appreciate the advice uh for our own startup uh but also just uh hearing the the trials and tribulations and and ultimate successes of companies is always great to hear and 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 encouraging for us so uh thank you very much for coming on
3: i foresee our past intertwining again
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what (laughs) brett's good at that hang on the line just one sec once we say goodbye just so we can get a group picture but uh thanks once again all
1: right thanks
0: Thanks again to Tim and Tom for coming on today's show. The Good Lawyer Show is produced by Brock Patchelik, who displays his vast podcasting talents each and every week by making Brett and myself sound good. Some even say coherent, which, let me tell you, is no easy feat. But if you did like what you heard, we'd greatly appreciate if you took a quick second to give us a five-star rating. And of course, make sure you hit that subscribe button to ensure you're not missing any nuggets of wisdom from our guests. Until next time, we hope you have a great week.